everyone. Welcome to another episode of Peg City Chat with Nat. Today we're going to talk about teeth. Yeah, teeth. Why not? Hey, we need those chompers. But what's more important is that our kids need to be mindful of their teeth. I have a four and a half year old son and it's been trying to to get him to understand the importance of brushing his teeth every day, etc. And I worry about him having tooth decay. So I don't know if you know this, but there's a new way to stop the growth of kids' cavities. And I have someone very special on the line with me today who's going to talk to us about that. So everyone, a warm welcome to Dr. Jade Miller, who is the president of the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry. Hello, Dr. Miller. Hello, Natalie, and thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for being here. So I'm thinking about tooth decay. With When I think about my son, I'm constantly checking his mouth, making sure none of his teeth are hurting, all those types of things. What is the latest innovation to help treat cavities and overall keep children's teeth in good shape? Well, Natalie, it's moms like you that I really appreciate having the opportunity to get some of this message across. And one of the newest innovations that's new in the United States, it's, it's been available outside the U.S. for a period of time, but is an antibacterial liquid that we can apply to an early cavity uh, to stop its progress. Now, I think what's important to understand, it's not a panacea. It's not something designed that's going to permanently treat a cavity. Uh, and in most cases, that cavity will need to be treated more permanently at a later time. But what it does do it gives us an alternative and an option for children that are very young that really may not be at that appropriate age or capable of, of from a behavior perspective, to be able to manage that dental need at that time. So it buys us time. It gives us time. I like I think, that. You know, and the one thing to, I think that's important, the da- one downside to it is that the effective part of the tooth that's applied to, when it stops the decay progress, it does turn that part of the tooth black. So there are some negative cosmetic effects that can be corrected at a later time when it's treated permanently. Well, and you know what's funny is that I, I couldn't believe the statistic that nearly one in three children ages two to five are affected by tooth decay. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that statistic is a bit staggering. It, it is staggering. Uh, and, you know, it, it is one of the top chronic disease, infectious diseases in kids. That's another fact that's staggering. Uh, and, and so that's why, you know, I think it's important that we talk about um, these types of important health issues uh, because that's what's going to allow us to make a shift in those statistics. Um, I think the, one of the important things, I think, for moms like you and families like you is to understand we want to see your child for their first visit at age one. We call it an age one dental visit. Um, the AAPD and all um, the pediatric oral health organizations uh, really know the value of an age one dental visit because it's at that point we can really identify if there's a problem, which rarely there is at that point, uh, to manage that in a more conservative way or really try to reverse the effects, but more importantly educate the parents and families what should I be doing on a child, one, as they get two, three, four years of age, to really have them grow up as orally healthy as possible? Well, and, you know, I'm, this is, I have three children, so my son is my youngest. And oh. way back when, when I had my daughters, there wasn't a lot of 
awareness or education. You don't you don't really think you think about making sure they get, you know, their different needles and shots and the doctor's visits and things like that. But it's like, oh, they don't have teeth yet or they don't have many teeth yet. They'll be fine, those types of things. So that gap uh, between parental knowledge about kids' dental issues and what we can do to action that, that is a key factor as well. Would you agree? I, I would agree. We know there's a gap there. And, and what you described, Natalie, is not unusual. When, when families come into my practice, um, and I've been blessed with being in practice for quite some time, that is um, that gap and helping close that gap with education um, and having them understand that the effect of decay on the baby teeth uh, increases the risk of problems with the permanent teeth. And the, also the gap that we're getting to understand more and more about is that link between oral health and ultimately the individual's general health. We know there's an, with oral disease and increased problems with diabetes, heart disease, and premature birth. So again, we're finding more and more new stuff about it, but it's important that we understand how you know, how important it is to maintain those baby teeth. Well, and, and, and everything seems to be connected. Like you said, later on in life, it affects the children as they grow into teenagers, etc. I noticed that's right. happening with one of my daughters right now, and she's got braces on her teeth and is seeing some tooth decay as well. But what are, I know what some of the, you know, normal, I guess, primary culprits in tooth decay are, you know, like obviously eating tons of sugar and sweets or having apple juice out of a sippy cup or a bottle, but are there some other culprits that maybe I'm not aware of? There are, and, and I think, Natalie, the one thing that you mentioned was your teenage daughter. Um, when, when we're Yes, we know she's a culprit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not your daughter, per se, but the, the fact that when we get braces, automatically that increases our cavity risk uh, because, as you well know, it takes more time and teenagers sometimes don't devote that time to really the oral hygiene that's necessary around orthodontic appliances. Yes. Um, the other area I think that's important that we're seeing increasing more in the teenage population especially is because of increased consumption of soda, sports drinks, sour candy, those types of things. Now we have a double whammy effect where we have the sugar that's contributing to cavity process, but the acid that's present in those and those beverages and sour candies actually weaken that tooth structure to make that cavity process even more damaging. And, it, you know, I, when I think about my son always asking for treats, that's the first thing in my head is like, okay, maybe you can have this treat, but right after we're going to brush your teeth because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cause any further damage to his teeth, you know, and yeah. I don't think a lot of parents really when they're this young, they don't think a lot about that because they just think, oh, they're baby teeth, they're going to fall out anyways, which is a scary thought. It, it is a scary thought. And, and you brought up two points I'd like to really kind of emphasize. One, we know the effect that baby teeth have on permanent teeth, and we've talked about that. Um, but the other thing that you mentioned, and it skips my mind at, the, at this moment, um, I can't remember exactly the, the first thing that you had talked about uh, with your son. Oh, that's what it was, about the frequency. Yes. Um, I think there's one thing, Nellie, that's important that um, your, your uh, audience understand is that when it comes to the cavity risk, 
it has more to do about how frequent or how often rather than how much. So an example would be um, when consuming uh, food and beverages with sugars or acids, um, it's, it's much more damaging to, uh, to consume those on a frequent basis as opposed to say, okay, I'm just going to have that whole soda right now rather than sipping on it all afternoon long. So again, frequency is more damaging uh, than how much at one time. Mm, that's good to note. I hope everyone's listening. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's a surprise for many people. It is. That's a surprise for me. And I, well, I think about that. I'm thinking about some of the snacks that my son has during the day, whether it's at his Montessori school or even at home in the evening. It's really, like you said, it's not about what or that, that it's at that one time and it's a bunch. It's the frequency of it. So that, that's a really good tip for all of us parents to, to think about for sure. And I mean, you talked about some of the dangers of tooth decay in, in young children. And I, I have actually seen a couple of family members who have had their children go through some pretty scary and painful sessions at the dentist because they've let it go so far. Yeah. And, and, and what you mentioned is right on target. And that is, you know, besides that age one dental visit, seeing that child at age one, we want to see them on a consistent basis twice a year or as recommended by your pediatric dentist. Those are where we can be effective at preventing decay. In families that I see in my practice, that I see the child young, I see them on a regular basis, it is not unusual for me to say, give that child a hug when they graduate from high school when I see them at age two with not one cavity. Yeah. That's not unusual. And that's credit to the parents and really the teamwork between the parents and us, the families, and the, us as the pediatric dental providers. Now, I have a, a, another question. Just curious because three children, two girls and a boy, my first daughter, not one cavity in her mouth. She's now 18. My second daughter with braces, and the, both girls had braces. The second daughter has braces, but she's had a few cavities. And then my son has actually had a cavity, and he's only four and a half. And so I think that I've actually learned and, and have done a lot of education of myself to make sure that with my son we were going to the, I think we even went at six months because uh, he cut his first couple teeth at four months. And so I, here I am thinking, okay, I did everything right with my son and he still ended up having a cavity. Is there something to be said about kind of the genes or how your teeth are built or I, I don't know because my first daughter, she eats like, crap <laughs> and she doesn't have one in her mouth well Adley, um you, you raised a couple points there and i'll kind of wrap this up addressing those points one in the wall street journey journal earlier this week there was an article about is there a genetic link with cavities in, in individuals one thing that we know is all, people have different levels of cavity risk you know i see in my practice we know just as um, adults that some people have more cavities than other people. And so that's, uh, again, we have different cavity risks, and that's why we want to identify specific preventive protocol programs for those, depending on what risk level you are, because we want to shift you from a, maybe a high risk to a low risk. And, again, that's where your pediatric dentist is going to identify where you are and how to get to those lower risk levels. 
Well, Dr. Miller, I could probably sit on the phone with you all day talking about this, as you can tell. Uh, so I just want to ask you one last question. Where can we all learn more about good oral health for our kids? Natalie, I'm glad you asked because really the go-to spot is the AAPD's website called mychildrensteeth.org. It is, it is jam-packed with great information for parents as well as fun, interactive things for kids. So that's where your viewers should go. Awesome. I love that. I love when there's interactivity on a, on a site or something that the kids can get involved in too. So I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to chat with us today, and I wish you all the best in the new year. Thank you, Nellie, for having me. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye.